Kura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. You're listening to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. My name is Sapir. I'm Perrine. And um, we're starting the show. It's so yeah. exciting. <laughs> and it's warm in the studio. In the background, you may have heard um, K2 tuning up for, um, for the upcoming interview and a few songs that they're going to treat us to. But first, today is an important day. Bit sad. Shed a <laughs> tear, everyone. It is Sophia's last day with us at B-Side Stories. That's so, right. Malo, Sophia. Oh, Malo, Perrine. <laughs> and that's my little hint of where she's going. Um, yeah. I should start by saying, don't go. We don't want you to go. <laughs> um, it's very bittersweet. But there you go. That's what change is all about. Yes. <laughs> so can you tell us what you're up to next? So I have taken an opportunity to go and work as a journalist for the Samoa Observer, which is based out of Apia, the capital of Samoa. And I'll be doing that for a couple of years, get my feet stuck into being a a local reporter in a brand new place, which is not brand new, obviously, to the people who live there. So (laughs) I will learn lots, I think. a lot. Um, And so is your specific role, are you reporting on local stories or do you have a, what's your role going to be going in? So I'll be a general reporter, um, which means looking around Samoa as wide or as narrow as possible to identify interesting stories, meet people who are doing meaningful things or maybe are having a hard time or have a story that needs to be told. Um, Go and interview them, write up their story, maybe do some filming and photography if necessary and um, make beautiful stories that go in the newspaper. (laughs) <laughs> so it sounds like all kind of kinds of things that B-side stories and, of course, your um, your study have been leading you towards. Oh, yeah. So doing a journalism <laughs> degree definitely helps. But let me tell you, B-side stories is the best setup for being a good interviewer. <laughs> I just think doing this show is has been such a good experience. And I've met so many cool people, yourself included. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah, it's the best. I'm going to miss doing the radio doing the little radio show. It's the best. Um, If you can pinpoint one thing, what would you say is the most exciting thing about moving over to Samoa? Well, I don't know if it's the most exciting part, but the thing that's been on my mind the most is that it's going to be warm over there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that's one exciting thing. Uh, And just... Just being in a new city, I I grew up in Wellington, I've lived here my whole life, so it's it's time to kind of try something new, be a bit brave. I'm really scared, but I'm really excited as well, so mm. that's really exciting, is just to go and put myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah, so you said you're scared, apart from, you know, how much you'll miss everything, is there some particular thing you're afraid of? I guess it sounds kind of generic, but just like not necessarily knowing what to do all the time, maybe making cultural faux pas, um, pronouncing someone words wrong. They're really hard. Um, yeah, just making myself secure in a new environment, I guess. But that's all part of it. It's all part of the challenge. Mm. Got to step up and take those challenges. Otherwise, I don't think I'll grow. So you need that. <laughs> Can I ask you if you had a dream first assignment there 
the, an assignment you'd love to walk in and create for yourself or have handed to you? Any ideas? <laughs> Ooh, well, you can say no if that's too hard. Well, I guess it's not that it's too hard. It's just there is so much. It's such a diverse and dynamic little island country, a little island, island nation. Um, the, the furthest that I can go, the better, I think. Mm. Um, maybe I'll be assigned to cover something on the other island of Samoa. There are two. Maybe I'll have to take the ferry across and go and mm. explore something a bit different. That could have be quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, and oh, my final question for you, unless you want to add anything, of course, is how long until your first B-Sides Abroad podcast for us? Ooh, <laughs> such a good idea. Like a, a month, maybe? Okay. I'll start thinking about it. Okay, guys, you heard it, <laughs> heard it here. <laughs> By the end of July, Sapir will have posted. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I don't Give leave till the end of July. Maybe maybe end okay. of August, September, I'll start. I'll do some some cool Samoan radio documentary just for B-Sides listeners. Yeah, Sapir and Spring, kind of, or not. Whatever. <laughs> Fun. Good idea. Mm. Cool. cool. Well, I'm very excited to be here with you on your last show. Um, before we launch into K2, do you want to tell us what is coming up? Yes. After? So just after 5.30, we've got an amazing guest in. Her name is Sarah. She's part of a trio of women who've started a new organization called Waste Ed. When you see it written down, it looks like Wasted, but it's about... It's an organisation that is educating and creating resources for people who want to reduce the amount of rubbish that's in their lives. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Uh, Sarah, you're part of a brand new organisation called Wasted. Do you want to give us the brief? What's that all about? Uh, yeah, sure. So Wasted is a waste education initiative and a social enterprise that grew out of um, people coming together through boomerang bags and obviously wanting to do more than... Um, just focus on bags and look at waste issues in Wellington specifically as a whole and just educate the community and kind of, um, you know, provide resources and connect all the waste initiatives that are already out there instead of reinventing them. So would you say that there are too many, not enough, heaps of waste initiatives, <coughs> waste reduction initiatives out there? I th uh, in Wellington there's plenty, um, mm. And they're all doing awesome stuff. And I think that's what we found was that we were meeting these people and we're like, oh, that's really cool. And how come I didn't know about that? Or how come my friend doesn't know about these people? And um, the problem is a lot of it is community, volunteer based, and everyone's trying to get funding and everyone's trying to, um, you know, get people to help them and get resources. So the idea was more to um, connect them together if we thought they could connect if um, and connect them with the community and and just kind of, I guess, connect the waste dots in Wellington and with the council and, and just sort of have those bigger conversations of how we can make what people are doing um, a little bit larger scale. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Something I love about your website, which if I'm not mistaken is waste-ed. That's it, yeah. .org.nz? <laughs> yes. Um, is the resource oh, com sorry oh dot com, com. Dot yeah. com. waste hyphen ed dot com uh, I love the resources section you've got this like beautiful flow on menu that has all the different organisations that you know of so far anyway that 
Yeah, um, and that is actually a continuing work in progress. Mm. We're not IT people, um, but Ali's done an awesome job putting together the website and we're just trying to slowly um, bring even more people that we have uh, um, that known of onto the onto that resources <coughs> page. So we're happy for anyone to um, send us through what they're doing or to um, send us through someone else that they think is doing awesome stuff and we can pop them on. But, yeah, we're definitely – we're working on filling that out <laughs> slowly. Cool. No, I love the idea that the community, at least in Wellington to begin with, that's working towards a more sustainable future can be consolidated in one place. Um, waste education – is uh, a growing field. What do you think are the biggest barriers to people actually knowing what to do around reducing waste, either at home or at work? Or I think there's too many options. Mm. Um, and uh, on one side of it, there's too much information, but they're not enough. So information that might be relevant to people in Melbourne is not relevant to people in Wellington. And so because we have you know, this global community and a lot of it's online, we're thinking that we can do things here that we um, maybe cannot do or aren't doing or um, are doing totally differently. So for something like, say, coffee cups, they're not recycled in Wellington, and that includes the lids. Um, but in Auckland, the lids are recyclable from what we understand and they're sent to Melbourne. So there's all this different um, information and, and it becomes confusing. Something so simple as one item um, can just kind of make <coughs> a big impact. So is, a big, is, is one of the major projects of this actually just making it clear what happens to all of these different products and what can you do about it? Or Yeah, so we recently had a couple of um, workshops that were titled The Truth About Recycling. Um, and it basically just gave people some information as to what we can and can't and do and don't recycle here in Wellington and what happens to it. Like, where does it go? What does it become? Um, and, you know, the idea of downcycling and not necessarily recycling and how often can something be recycled and um, what's the percentage of what will be recycled, like, say plastics, um, about, I think it's less than 2% of all plastic is actually recycled into, into something else. So it, it's just kind of giving people more information as to what's happening just because it has a triangle doesn't really mean it's recyclable. And just because it is one type of plastic doesn't mean that, um, it's as valuable as another type of plastic or that it will be able to be reused in the same way. So it's just kind of pulling it all apart. How did you go about getting that information? I feel like if I Googled it, I'd get lost in a, a maze, a well, or whatever of information. <laughs> it is a black hole, yes. Yeah. It's a black hole online. Uh, I think coming from Melbourne, where I was surrounded by people who had a lot of that information <laughs> and um, trying to find it myself, when I moved to Wellington, it was just you know something that I do if I go somewhere. I need to find out what's, um, what's happening in the waste world, what can I put where and how does it work. So um, it was just making myself aware and then getting involved with um, the Arrelli Community Centre where I was working and boomerang bags. It was just having more of those conversations and realising that people didn't necessarily know um, or assumed or had heard the wrong thing or had read the wrong thing. So we ask a lot of questions. We talk to the council a lot and they will give us the answers. And um, so, yeah, we just try and... I guess, ask the right people and keep asking the questions. And sometimes we don't get answers, um, 
but it's worth saying that we don't know the answer to this and this is confusing or this is something that people won't tell us. So it gives, um, gives the community an idea of what's potentially happening or not happening if people aren't going to um, freely give that information. So what happens to plastics and other non-reusable items? That's one thing and the whole world of recycling is, is one thing, but quitting plastic altogether and just taking it out of our daily lives and not worrying about the recycling part because if we don't use it, we don't need to recycle it, that's another. Yeah. Can you ta- take us through yeah, this so, little idea? Um, and one thing we try to push to is recycling is not its not an answer. It's not something we're um, necessarily advocating for as a long-term solution to the plastics that we've got, but there is a space for it um, for plenty of other things. With plastics um, and what we're going to be uh, running is Plastic Free July here in Wellington, which started in Perth in Australia, um, and it's basically raising awareness about plastics and how many items and packaging um, contain plastic. A lot of people might be like, well, money is plastic and my credit card is plastic and you can't live without it. And it's we're not trying to say um, don't touch it for the month of July. Mm-hmm. It's more about kind of just looking at where can you cut it out? Where is it unnecessary? It's unnecessary to peel an orange and then wrap it in plastic. One, because plastic is made of chemicals, so that makes no sense. And two, it already comes in packaging. So that's an easy sort of answer to go, I don't need that. I don't need that plastic wrapped orange. Um, and then it's looking at other things in your daily routine, like going to get your coffee and, you know, thinking that I can just throw that away. And uh, it's like, I don't know, 295 million coffee cups are going to landfill um, from New Zealand. And then you're thinking of that all over the world and, you know, they're made of plastic and plastic that goes into landfill, um, it just sits there and it, it puts toxins into the ground um, and burying it is not something that our, our future generations are going to want to deal with and it's not something the ocean is dealing very well with and shouldn't have to um, and all of our waterways. So it's sort of looking at where can I cut where can I cut plastic um, and what can, who should I be talking to and what corporations and businesses and, you know, councils and groups can start to actually look at the plastic that they're producing and stop having this linear approach where someone produces it, somebody buys it, makes something, then someone else has to deal with the waste. It's going, hang on a second, if you're going to make that, you have to figure out what you're going to do with it afterwards because it shouldn't be the responsibility of a bird on the other side of the world or a child 50 years from now or even, you know, just the people in our city right now um, if you're making it. So the Plastic Free July is kind of looking at waste in general. It's looking at plastics... um, as a whole and where they're useful and where they're really not useful and, you know, a, an invasive problem in our mm-hmm. environment and in our bodies as well. No, I, I really like that. I think it's so important to uh, take like a micro and a macro approach to the problem and say not only is it my responsibility to bring a reusable cup to, to the cafe but also how can organisations and producers be looking at things differently? Yeah, it is. It's a, I mean, for us in Wellington it will be a citywide approach um, but it should just be a global approach and mm. starting to think long-term and, and not just convenience because, you know, the, the amount of plastic pollution is not convenient at all. So, no. um, you know, we need to... We're very late in acting on it so... We need to act fast. 
Ooh. So there is this level, the, the macro level, the government regulation level, the, the mass production side of things, but on your daily life or in our listeners' daily lives, uh, there are definitely things that we can all do to, to reduce our individual plastic use, and it, it may not get rid of Garbage Island immediately, but it's definitely something. Can you tell us about uh, the bathroom and laundry sort of areas that you're going to be looking at over Plastic Free July? Yeah, sure. So we've got a couple of um, workshops where you can come and just learn about the alternatives that you can have in your bathroom or your laundry. So that's um, alternatives to chemicals, but also alternatives to packaging. Um, for people, one of our our hashtag for Plastic Free July this year is Say No and BYO. And we really want to encourage people in Wellington to just bring their own um, containers, coffee cups, straws, cutlery, um, bring your own lunch, uh, and and also starting to think about how you can make your own things. And making your own toiletries like uh, toothpaste is really easy um, and it's better for you it goes down the drain and it um, doesn't contaminate and it doesn't attach itself to plastics that are out in the waterways and then um, kind of intensify in its toxicity so yeah we look at um, so razors you know different options for razors um, things like menstrual cups you can change uh, you can make your own deodorant you can use a face washer, you can, you know, refill things. So there's a few different options in Wellington where you can go and refill um, some of your laundry detergents um, or your shampoos or your oils and things like that. So we're looking at what you can do um, in a few different areas and then the workshop will be interactive where you can make uh, three different toiletries in the toiletry one and in the laundry one you can make an all-purpose cleaner and we're going to do some... Um, washing powder and things as well. So, so simple cool. things, but yeah. once you're stocked up on that, it's cheaper, it's easier, and you just get used to it. That's fabulous. It'll be really interesting, I think, when we buy things like shampoo or deodorant or toothpaste or laundry powder, we consume it, we use it, and then it's done and dusted. But I guess when you make it, you then also learn what's in it, and that's quite an integral part of realising that my face wash is full of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Why? And, and who decided that that was a great idea? Let's mm. put some plastic in it and they can rub it on their face and then it will make their pores clearer. You know, yeah. um, and it's then feed just, the fish. Yeah. yeah, it's just really weird. But And so micro uh, microbeads are pretty much on the way out now, which is great. Um, but we're also looking at microfibers, which are coming out of our, our textiles and in our washing and how can we avoid them or minimise them going into our waterways. Um and things like toothbrushes and toothpaste, those plastics are not going to be recycled and it's because of, you know, the shape of them and the way that they're made. Uh, so if you're changing your toothpaste and your toothbrush every few months and that's, you know, however many people across New Zealand are doing that, that's all going to landfill, you know, if you're lucky, best case scenario. Um, or you could uh, look up someone like TerraCycle and they have been recycling some of those things or you can go even further and... Um, you know, get bamboo toothbrushes, which the bristles are still made of plastic, but, you know, we're, we're stepping in the right direction, making your own toothpaste. Um, so there's lots of different options, but things as small as that, if a lot of people stopped buying them, then there would be a different market for um, for better choices. Mm. That's one of, I guess, the the more obvious barriers as well as just the cost. I know the bamboo toothbrushes and cotton floss and those things, they do cost more and that's a demand thing. What what can people 
do or think about when it comes to that? Yeah, um, I I think y- you can you can do it a lot of different ways. You can sort of cut costs in one area and then spend more in another. Um, you can start to look at what you're investing in. So you know, investing in a, a long term razor might save you a lot of money in you know over a couple of years or even. 10, 20, 30 years, and then so you've got more money for your bamboo toothbrush. Um, as part of Plastic Free July, we are also going to open a little pop-up at all of our events, so hopefully we'll have things that are maybe not um, as expensive or just you know give you a chance to have a look at them and see if it's something that you want to invest in. Mm-hmm. But all of the, the choices that I've made, um, say, in the bathroom and the laundry have either been better than the plastic option or uh, you know just as good so I would I would recommend most of them but you know you have to try for yourself that's definitely true so they can try for themselves over the month of July give us the the quick details about where they can find all this information sure so you can find all the events and not just um the ones that are run by Wasted but we're trying to get information from all the different groups across Wellington who are running different um different waste events so if you go to Wasted Com, you will find the events page, Plastic Free July, go through the calendar. There's so many different options um, for you to kind of get involved and a lot of them are either free or affordable. Um, you can check out our Facebook page, which is Wasted. You can also check out the um, Boomerang Bags Wellington Facebook page, which has a couple of events that we'll be doing through that. Um, and you can look at plasticfreejuly.org where it all started and that's full of tips and tricks and, yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of information out there. So, yeah, lo- lots of people to follow. So cool. Wow. I'm already quite inspired to pack my bag full of reusables and cut them around the city. I know it makes a huge difference. I always feel much more satisfied when I get my 50 cents off at the cafe and I have my nice cup that oh, I just give it a rinse cents later. huge. That's a lot. That's great. Yeah. That's See, there you're already saving money. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of the best. stuff that we make too, uh, like our sandwich bags and our cutlery wallets and things are made from upcycled fabric. So we're also trying to continue to divert textile waste mm. um, from going to landfill. Fabulous. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks that for having me for letting me talk Plastic Free July. I'm so excited. Yeah, not many days to go now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we just finish off by thanking Sophia for being such an awesome B-Side Stories host. We're going to miss you when you're gone. I'm going to miss you too, <laughs> B-Side. Have a time in Samoa. Thank you. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's just a blast. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks, New Zealand On Air, for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.